Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Previously On. A podcast series created to help you through some of the most complex yet brilliant television ever made. So from Game of Thrones, Peaky Blinders, Westworld, Big Little Lies, Stranger Things, Watchmen, Previously On, Sky Covered. Westworld Season 2, Episode 3. Virtue e Fortuna. We begin in what appears to be the heart of early 20th century colonial India. A man, Nicholas, approaches a young woman, Emily Grace, seated at a table in the lavish grounds of a rather impressive building, and asks if he can join her. Do as you please, she answers coolly before looking away. He questions why she's in this part of the world and is told she has time to kill, amongst other things. Hunting Bengal tigers, he suggests, before confirming a similar taste for the hunt. About a flirty small talk escalates rapidly to the bedroom, as is often the case in TV land, and clothes fall off with ease. TV land again. No struggles with the socks here. Emily voices doubts over whether Nicholas is human or host, and we realise this location is part of the park. We did also see the dead Bengal tiger, of course, in episode one, remember? Emily suggests a test for Nick to confirm his position as human or host. She points a gun at him and shoots. He falls, groans and rises, convincing Emily he is indeed human. And the pair then have sex, where we can presume this time Nick rises first and then groans. Following the get-to-know-you session, the pair head out on a hunt together, riding on the back of elephants. They reach a small camp and dismount. Emily scans a hand-drawn map she's previously etched in her notebook, hinting she's no stranger to the park. Nicholas moses on over and wraps his arms around her, but Emily's distracted. Something's wrong, she says, realising the camp seems deserted. The pair spot blood-spattered curtains and approach a tent. Inside, an elderly couple lie dead in pools of blood, and Nicholas laughs, commenting the narrative is being changed to horror. A man approaches them. These violent delights have violent ends, he says, raising a rifle. Emily knows the man is a guide called Ganju and tells him to put the gun down. Nick, however, is convinced this is a narrative twist and confidently strides for Ganju before being stopped dead, literally by a gunshot. Emily scrambles for the tent and grabs a shotgun from the floor as Ganju draws his sword. She kills him and flees into the jungle. Pausing for breath and to say, flipping egg, she looks up straight into the eyes of a Bengal tiger. It never rains for Emily. The tiger charges her. She hits it with a shot, but it keeps coming. She runs across a park boundary. The tiger follows until she's stopped by a sheer drop to water. The big cat leaps, Emily shoots, and the pair fall. Cut to black. Crikey. 
Back in Westworld, Strand, Bernard and the security team enter the Mesa Hub. Inside they find Charlotte Hale. She asks Strand if he'd found Abernathy, but Strand's empty-handed. She asks Bernard if he's any ideas as to Abernathy's whereabouts. The screen flickers. We see Bernard recall pinpointing Abernathy's location on his tablet whilst out in the park with Hale. From a distance they view their target. He's a prisoner of Rebus and his crew along with another nine hostages. We hear Rebus has made a deal with the Confederates to sell them for $15 a head. As Rebus moves towards a woman declaring he might keep one for himself, another woman's shout for help rings out in the distance. The group split in search of the voice's owner. Rebus is jumped by Bernard and knocked out cold. Bernard taps into Rebus's programming and turns him into the most virtuous, compassionate, fastest gun the West has ever seen. Rebus wakes a changed man. He strolls back into camp, kills his gang of outlaws and releases the hostages. Bernard and Hale intercept Abernathy and say they can help him reach the train. In the backdrop, the Confederates arrive to do the deal with Rebus, but instead are met by a reformed character and his quick gun. Rebus mows most of them down before fleeing. Bernard, Hale and Abernathy have taken cover, but Abus insists he will not hide any longer, even if it costs him his life. He walks into the open and begins to sing the battle hymn of the Republic as Confederates approach. They punch him. Hale runs and jumps on a nearby horse, leaving Bernard behind. He emerges from his hiding spot, hands raised in surrender. At the fort, Dolores, Angela and Teddy watch a 21-gun salute welcome the fort's colonel through the gates. Dolores fills him in on the incoming attack, but the colonel's sceptical. She has the lab security guard, last seen face down in a bowl of gloopy white liquid, dragged forward as proof of her words. She then presents a submachine gun, declaring it the same type of gun the invaders will use. Angela makes the security guy a proposition. Make it over that ridge, she says, and you can live. He runs and is gunned down by an incredulous machine gun toting colonel. Dolores lets him keep the gun in return for his men fighting under her command. Calling her Wyatt, he welcomes her to Fort Forlorn Hope, and the deal is struck. A suitably hillbilly-dressed Sizemore leads a loaded donkey out into the park following Maeve and Hector. A Ghost Nation warrior approaches, causing Maeve to flash back to the death of her daughter at the hands of the Ghost Nation. Hector steps forward and talks in the language of the natives. He reveals they can move on if they leave Sizemore behind. Instead, Maeve uses a new level of security, not dissimilar to Jedi mind tricks, and tells the warrior he will let them move on and will also forget he ever saw them. However, the words fall on deaf ears, forcing the group to run. Luke Skywalker never had this trouble. Pursued by a group of Ghost Nation warriors, they follow Sizemore, who leads them to a secure outpost just in the nick of time. Back at the fort, there's a reunion. The Confederates roll in with Dolores' dad, Peter Abernathy, in tow. Without revealing her connection, she demands he's untied as she must speak with him alone. She locks eyes with the captured Bernard and tells the men to throw him in jail with the others. With Abernathy free, Teddy asks Dolores who he is, seemingly having no recollection of his former loops. He's my father, she answers. Dolores kneels by her dad who's still delirious. For a moment he seems to remember her and reverts to the role of a caring, concerned father running lines from his old loop. Tears run down Dolores' cheeks as she remembers their old life. She opens up that the coming war was started by her and asks if he understands, but he begins to stutter and becomes delirious again. She promises to get him help. Elsewhere, Hector asks Maeve about the ghost nation and is told they still haunt her dreams. Sizemore notices the warmth between the pair and states they were designed to be alone, not form a blooming relationship. Sizemore struggles with the hosts breaking their programming, but Hector grabs him by the throat, stating he's in love with Maeve. 
Yet as Hector reels off his lines, Sizemore finishes them for him, telling him perhaps he does know him just a bit. As they walk again, Maeve speculates to Sizemore that Hector's pre-programmed true love, a host named Isabella, was a former girlfriend of Sizemore's, and he shaped Hector in the image of the man he himself always wanted to be. At the fort, Bernard is led to Dolores. It's been a long time, she says. He asks what she's doing. She declares he's got no idea who he is, the man that he's based on. She asks him to fix Abernathy, adding details of her plan to dominate this world. But Bernard reminds her this world is simply a speck of dust in the bigger picture. Dolores realises he's never been outside the park. Elsewhere, sudden gunfire alerts Maeve and Co. to trouble. A human on fire and running down the corridor past them cements that concern. We see the fire starter is none other than a flamethrower wielding armistice. She has a dragon, says a hugely impressed Hector. She tells the group they have to run, and they dutifully follow her. They're led to a room where the technicians Felix and Sylvester are tied up. May freeze Felix, pleased to see him. Sylvester has his chin tucked into his chest, holding a live grenade. Armistice crouches, reveals a new exoskeletal robot arm, and pulls the grenade from its spot before popping the safety pin back in place and freeing him. The group ride an elevator towards the surface. Bernard is working on Abernathy for Dolores. He tells her her father's bouncing between old worlds and that someone has pasted a paper-thin character as a veneer to hide something much bigger underneath. He reveals the data underneath is very well protected. Angrily, Dolores states the humans are using her father as a pawn in their game. Bernard suggests as long as she is Abernathy, they'll be following her. Well, let them come, she says defiantly. Hails with a security team outside the Mesa Hub. She joins them in June buggies destined for the fort and the extraction of Abernathy. Back at the fort, morning is broken, and with it comes news that there are indeed soldiers approaching, and that they're coming up from the ground. The colonel informs Dolores his men have laced three areas with nitroglycerin. She tells him to have his men hold their ground until the last possible moment before retreating inside the gates. Bernard's busy trying to access the encrypted files as Abernathy runs through various random loops. Suddenly, Abernathy falls silent and Bernard realises he's cracked it. A message opens up requesting a one-time use key. He scans the screen and then utters three words. Oh my God. Outside, the fort is braced for the attack as security forces approach. Gunfire fills the air and the sight of dune buggies momentarily stuns a few of the Confederado hosts. It becomes apparent the antiquated weapons of the hosts are no match for the machine guns coming at them and they begin to fall. With the frontal assault causing chaos and carnage, a small team led by Hale breach a small unprotected gate into the fort. Machine gun bullets tear through the door housing Bernard and Abernathy. Security enter and retrieve their target as Bernard cowers in a corner, hands shaking uncontrollably. Dolores gives a nod for Angela to signal the posse to fall back inside the gates. Dolores spots her father being dragged away by the security team and gives chase followed by Teddy. Abernathy's secured in Hale's buggy as Dolores comes out firing, killing security members and walking through a bullet that hits her arm like it was a breeze on a summer's day. The buggy speeds away. Dolores tells Teddy to split the horde and have them find her father, adding she and Teddy are to head to Sweetwater as there's something she needs there. The colonel calls the retreat as instructed, but finds the way barred as Dolores' posse inside have closed and bolted the huge gates. Dolores gives word to Angela and she takes the shot that ignites the nitroglycerin and sends the security forces spinning into the explosion. The colonel and his men are sitting ducks for the security team machine guns, then become truly scuppered as Dolores' posse shoots from the other side of the gates, ripping through the Confederate soldiers who fought alongside them only moments before. Dolores gives word to Angela, and she takes the shot that ignites the nitroglycerin and sends the security forces spinning in the explosion. 
Inside, a shaken Bernard stumbles and falls in front of Clementine. She knocks him out and drags him away. Dolores confronts the remaining confederados inside the fort and instructs Teddy to execute them. A troubled Teddy finds he can't kill the men and instead releases them. Unbeknownst to him, Dolores sees the whole thing from a distance. Elsewhere, we see a dead Bengal tiger on the shores of Westworld and the breathless Emily crawling from the water. She finds herself at the feet of a trio of Ghost Nation warriors and probably thinks she's had better days. It's going to make for a bad review on TripAdvisor. Out in the sticks in the dark, Maeve and Co are still on the move. They come across a small camp covered in the white of a recent snowfall. Sizemore spots something, begins to dig, and is shocked when he pulls a severed samurai head from the snow. Terrified, he warns the group they have to go right now. At that moment, a figure dashes from the shadows, sword raised and ready to strike. Thanks for listening. Hope it's been helpful. Previously on is presented by Jamie East. It's a Daft Doris production. Listen, if you've enjoyed this, I would love it if you subscribe. We've got loads more shows where this came from. We'd love you to join us for Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.